Welcome to the Manly Saints Project with me, Hugh Hunter. We live in a world that struggles to understand the virtue of manliness. Our culture doesn't provide young men, or any men for that matter, with a lot of positive male role models. But our Christian tradition can provide such role models. The stories of the saints provide example after example of manly virtue. Telling these stories is what the Manly Saints Project is all about. If you enjoy my work, please consider signing up and supporting me on Substack, or click the link in the show notes to buy me a beer. And if you enjoy the podcast as audio or video, please consider giving me a rating wherever you are. It helps a lot. Now, let's meet this week's Manly Saint. Join me today to meet the last ambassador of the English Knights of Malta. Name, David Gunson, David Gunston, Davy Goonson. Life, around 1510 to 1541 AD. Status, Blessed. Feast, July 12th. The year was 1540, and Brother David Gunson was sailing for England. Years before, he had left England as a young man, hoping to pursue a religious vocation. Now he was back as a full knight and an ambassador, representing the order to the king. Although Brother Gunson was an overall command, his ship probably had a permanent crew. This would have freed Brother Gunson up to think, exercise, train with weapons, pray the daily offices, and watch the sea. After so many years, it would have been second nature to scan the horizon for the sails of corsairs. Most Europeans feared the Barbary corsairs, and rightly so. But to David Gunson and his brother Knights of Malta, the corsairs were the prey that they had been trained to hunt. Brother Gunson had made his home on Malta, but he was also returning to the homeland of his family. He had not seen them since he left for Malta years before. Since then, much had happened, bad as well as good. Now, in his thirties, Brother Gunson was a proven warrior and second-in-command of the English tongue, the English-speaking knights at the headquarters on Malta. He had much news to report. But, in truth, Brother Gunson and his embassy were not sailing into friendly waters. Things were changing fast in England. And what awaited him there were the plans of a devious king and the hidden hand of an enemy. Long forgotten. As the Maltese ship followed the sea lanes back to England, Brother Gunson was probably remembering the day he had sailed out this way, headed for Malta. Back then, David Gunson had been a young man in his early twenties. He was an aristocrat, trained for war, and specifically for war at sea. It ran in the family. The Gunsons had always been drawn to the sea, 
David's father captained a boat and went on to become a senior naval official. David's brother went to sea, and his sister married a captain. Young David had felt the call of the sea, along with another kind of call, a religious vocation. And so, he had decided to apply to the Knights of Malta. And just maybe, given his family background, when David sailed east to their fortress island just south of Sicily, he was arrogant enough to assume that he had already learned most of what there was to know about naval warfare. If so, he would soon find out otherwise. The Knights of Malta were Europe's undisputed experts in warfare on the sea. They had to be. They were on the very frontier of Christendom, operating in enemy waters. Once upon a time, the Mediterranean had been safe to sail for Christian ships. But the expansion of Islam had been relentless. Two centuries earlier, the last crusader strongholds in the Holy Land had fallen. One century earlier, Constantinople had fallen to the Ottoman Turks, and the Eastern Roman Empire had ceased to exist. Down on the North African coast, pirate cities had arisen in loose affiliation with the Ottoman Turks. The Barbary Corsairs, as they were called, sailed out to attack Christian ships and steal whatever could be taken, including the Christians. The Corsairs were so bold, they often anchored off the coast and raided inland in Europe. All Christians knew the terrible fate that awaited those caught in these raids. They would become slaves. Pretty girls, or even boys, faced a special horror. The pressure to convert to Islam would be immense. The religious order of the Mercedarians, led by men like St. Peter Armengol, arose to help free Christians from the slave cities. And the Knights of Malta set sail to stop the Corsairs wherever they could find them. Every year, in the sailing season, the small fleet of the Knights of Malta set out on the hunt. They didn't have many ships, just five or six fast red galleys surrounding the armored black bulk of the flagship, the Great Karak. The Knights would sail south and east. They would capture Muslim merchantmen if they found them. But their primary prey, what they were really looking for, were the warships of the Barbary Corsairs. The Knights of Malta had not always fought this way. Centuries before, they had a different mission and a different name. The Knights had been known as the Order of Knights of the Hospital of St. John of Jerusalem, Hospitallers for short. They had grown up around a very old hospital in Jerusalem at the close of the 11th century. The original idea had been a reimagining of religious life. Warriors, who were also brothers, sworn to poverty, chastity, and obedience. Knights who looked for the face of Christ in the poor and the sick, and walked with them through the dangers of the Holy Land. In time, 
The Hospitallers became one of the great knightly brotherhoods of the Holy Land, along with the Knights Templar and the Teutonic Knights. The knightly orders fought hard to keep the Holy Land. But over the next two centuries, they were pushed steadily back. As the 14th century dawned, the last Christian strongholds fell. The Teutonic Knights had already shifted their crusade northward, so it was the Templars and Hospitallers who were left trying to discern what to do next. For a while, they tried to regain a foothold in the Holy Land, but it was hopeless. The Templars met their fate from a completely unexpected direction. The King of France, envious of Templar wealth and power, had Templars arrested, tortured, and burned, and the order collapsed. Now the Hospitallers were alone. And so they did something characteristically bold. The Hospitallers stormed the island of Rhodes, setting up a fortress there. Then they reinvented themselves as naval warriors. The enemies of Christendom would learn to fear the ships flying the white cross on a red background. Even so, the growing might of the Turks pushed the knights back from Rhodes to the island of Malta. This was a step back, but it brought the knights closer to the African coast and made it easier to intercept the corsairs on their slaving raids. The knights of Malta, as they were now called, had found their place. Warriors continued to come from all over Christendom to join them. In order to accommodate everybody, the knights created eight houses, the Long, or in English, Tongues. David Gunson was coming to Malta to become the newest knight of the English tongue. The first step to becoming a knight was an examination. David Gunson needed to prove that he was knight material. Only aristocrats were allowed to join as full brother knights, and so David's family background was carefully examined to ensure that it was truly noble. Then, David's own character and reputation were dissected to make sure the young man had the sort of character the knights wanted. He passed both tests. The next test was a test of courage. Before he could gain any seniority, David would have to take part in three caravans as the knights called their six-month tours of duty. This meant sailing out in the Order's little fleet to hunt pirates on the Mediterranean Sea. Young Brother Gunson was almost certainly stationed on one of the Order's galleys. The galleys were sleek warships, painted red. They had sails, but the tactical advantage of a galley was that it also had oars, which meant that it could move fast and maneuver whether there was wind or not. Some of the rowers were criminals who could pay off their debt to society through a term of rowing. And the rest, as in Muslim ships, were slaves. The order saw nothing wrong with putting captured pirates to work rowing the ships that patrolled the Mediterranean. When the galleys left port, it would be with about 200 rowers and 50 crew. Most of the fighting would be done by marines and knights, a minimum of 50, but usually several hundred. And woe betide the corsair 
who encountered the Order's flagship, the Great Karak. This eight-deck, armor-plated leviathan was bristling with cannons. It held five hundred marines and a hundred brother knights, as well as enough supplies to stay at sea for a full six months. And, as chroniclers of the time pointed out in wonder, it contained a full bakery, so that those on board could eat fresh bread every day. It was a small fleet. Even in ship-to-ship combat, the knights were usually outnumbered, relying on discipline, training, and technology. The Barbary Corsairs were fundamentally slavers, so they tended to pack their ships with pirates who swarmed enemy ships to capture as many slaves as possible. The Knights of Malta used smaller crews. They cut down pirates with cannon fire from a distance and crossbow fire from up close. When it was time for the knights to jump onto the enemy ship in their plate armor, they could force the pirates to clear the way by first tossing in a grenade, a clay ball with a fuse that was filled with the chemicals that produced Greek fire. Even with this technology, the Order understood that the odds were usually against them. They fought without hesitation or fear, even when it was hopeless. In their entire history, no ship of the Order would surrender. Brother David Gunson proved himself in the caravans. But then something happened to slow down his career. He got into a fight. The records of Malta say that this was a fight that drew blood, which probably means it would have been a fight to the death if it had not been interrupted. Worse, he was brawling with two of his fellow knights. All three men were punished, David Gunson, Christopher Myers, and Philip Babington. For David Gunson, the sentence was a loss of seniority and nine months in prison on Malta. Historians sometimes suggest that this is a black mark on David Gunson's character. I'm not so sure. We don't know what the fight was about. But interestingly enough, Christopher Myers would be arrested again. He had murdered a woman, perhaps a prostitute. As for Philip Babington, he would become a deserter, slipping away while on duty and abandoning his vows. Perhaps there was a good reason for the fight. At any rate, David Gunston served his time in prison and then went back to his duties. Within a few years, he had been promoted. He was now the second in command of the English tongue. The knights were still fighting their lonely war, but around them, the medieval world was crumbling away. Many kings, among them Henry VIII of England, wondered whether the order was worth supporting. Nobody liked the fact of pirate raids, but that was mostly a problem for little people, for poor people. And besides, Henry VIII had the perfect task for the English tongue in the order, to defend Calais against the French. It had gotten to the point where the Grand Master of the entire order, Philippe Villiers de lille had gone on a diplomatic mission to King Henry and talked him out of his plan. At the time, that had seemed to settle it. Now, 
it was David Gunson's turn to travel to England. It was a fairly routine trip, or it should have been. But in England, things were changing fast. Henry VIII was absolutely determined to divorce his wife and remarry. This determination had brought him into conflict with the church. In 1535, Henry VIII had accused his learned advisor, St. Thomas More, of treason. That was how Henry liked to get rid of people, since the king never had trouble finding someone to swear that he had heard treasonous talk. In 1538, the Pope had excommunicated Henry. The hope at this point was that the excommunication would bring the king to his senses, show him how gravely wrong he was, and make him change his ways. And Henry hadn't burned all his bridges with the church. For example, his deal with the English tongue of the Knights of Malta had held. And so, in 1540, Brother David Gunson set out for England on behalf of the English tongue. He did not realize that Henry VIII had been waiting for such a moment. Henry VIII had his eye on the holdings of the English Knights of Malta. All he needed was an excuse, and that excuse was sailing out to meet him. Henry VIII had found someone to accuse Brother David Gunson of treason. It was Philip Babington, the man who had deserted the Knights of Malta some time earlier. Now he was happy to say that the Knights harbored those who spoke against the king. Brother Gunson was confined in the Tower of London as the case was decided against him. The records say that he was guilty of treason, but they also include a curious comment indicating how the writer really felt about the whole sordid business when they called David Gunson the good knight. If Henry had been hoping for some sort of compromise, it was no surprise he didn't get it. Knights of Malta did not compromise. And so, Brother David Gunson went to his grisly death the next year, in 1541. With Brother Gunson died the English tongue. Of course, there would still be Englishmen among the Knights of Malta, but they would no longer be tied to England. Europe was changing. The interconnected world of the Middle Ages was giving way to early modernity. Nations were emerging, as was the new science that would eventually shift the balance of power decisively to the West. For centuries yet, young lords who wanted to learn what kind of men they were would spend a few months with the Knights of Malta on their unending campaign. But the Knights of Malta were already becoming an anachronism, and the world of the Crusaders was being smoothed away like limestone under fast-running water. With the death of Blessed David Gunson and the end of the English tongue, another fragment had been lost in history's flow. <laughs>